Welcome back inside of this week's episode of Trash Chatter. It's the season two finale. Victoria Conway, pleased to be joined by David Sanchez, a highly requested guest. And I think a lot of our consumers are going to be thrilled to see David in person, in the flesh. He talks to so many people over the phone. Doesn't get a chance to meet everyone. He is our shop manager here at Sparkling Bins. He's in charge of getting clients back up and running, ordering parts, help troubleshooting. He does it all for us here at Sparkling Bins. So we're pleased to have him on the show today. David, how are you? Doing great, Vic. How you been? I've been good, Dave. Up here in New Jersey, a little bit colder. I mean, I see you have a hoodie on, so it must be chilly down in Miami. You know, the standard 70 degrees enough for me to wear one now. So yeah, it's definitely a little <laughs> I'm sure our clients in the Northeast will be happy to hear that. We're nice and bundled up down there, considering it's 60 degrees out. But for you, David, you know, obviously you talk to clients nonstop. Everybody knows what you do for Sparkling Bins. Want to give some of our listeners and viewers some insight on your background before you found Sparkling Bins. What were you doing? What's your mechanical background that allows you to help clients troubleshoot all over the country? So initially, I actually grew up around construction the majority of my life. So I started in construction. And then, of course, that kind of entails electrical, plumbing, and HVAC. And then I spent the last 10 years before I was with Sparkling Bins in aviation. Uh, went from managing hangars to actually doing aircraft servicing. So I did that for combined about 11 years. And uh, that's where I ran into your father and became a part of the Sparkling Bins world. Just ran, ran into him down the road. I mean, we can definitely try to help our listeners visualize what it looked like before we moved over to the new shop. When you first met him, you met the idea of trash bin cleaning. What were some of your initial thoughts when somebody said, okay, we got to go get some Honda engines and some plumbing for a trash bin cleaning truck? I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's common to have people go, what is this? And it's something that's not really seen. And even though we've been doing it for a good amount of time, it's still not something that you catch at every corner. Uh, but we've definitely gone a long way. I mean, when I first met your father, it was one of those things where I think at that time it was roughly about 30 to 40 units a year, um, basically a variation of trailers and one style of truck. And we've been able to grow into a, a, an area where we've got five different models and those five models can variate so much from the trucks that are available, you know? Um, and then we started doing the PTO setups, which that was kind of exciting too, you know? So it's definitely changed a lot in the last six years for sure. We'll definitely get into the PTO setup and how we evolved to discover that and why it's our number one seller. For you, David, I, I think I can say this safely. You're a little bit of a skeptic about, do, do people actually want to pay for this? Understandably so, because it's obviously a service that people don't know about. Has your perception changed over the last couple of years? Well, I mean, I personally suffer from OCD, so I, I like the idea. It's just not something that, you know, because it's outside the box and it's not something you see, it's something that you imagine might be hard to kind of sell the idea on. Uh, but I, I generally think that, and I think all of us can relate, we all know a good amount of people that are conscious of their surroundings and are, you know, maybe a bit of germaphobic or, or just, you know, aware of how bacteria travels and have had it affect them one way or another, whether it's a friend or a family that's been hospitalized with something or just a bad infection with something you know minute. Um, so I, I definitely knew that it could be something great. I just kind of didn't think that there was more people with OCD than not. Uh, so, so yeah. For you, as it's evolved and we've grown and had different models and a lot of different clients, your day-to-day -day life has definitely gotten busier. Maybe talk to our listeners a little bit about what a typical day for you entails. Not that I can really say typical, because I feel like there's always something new being thrown your way, but Walk us through what your day is like as a shop manager and obviously a number one person that people call that have our units that need help with their systems. 
So generally, I mean, uh, the day will start, you know, 7 a.m. You know, even though our shop opens at 7.30, we kind of corral the guys into the shop, kind of give them a work scope, what we need to get done. Um, you know, service calls are things that happen at night, morning. It doesn't really matter. So the morning is get the guys focused on what POs we need to get ready and, and so forth. And then it kind of just evolves into, all right, at 8 o'clock, I know most businesses open. I can reach out to some of the places that weren't available when a customer had a problem at 7.30 at night. And so I'll spend the first couple hours of the day kind of working off the people that kind of needed help after hours. And then it just, it kind of just happens, right? I mean, with, with the many units that we have out there, there's always a call. Something's going to always happen. And uh, we've kind of grown our service team to now I have two people that can kind of help out when there's two or three at the same time. But a lot of times, you know, that one call will, will equate to two or three other calls, you know, with everybody being in different parts of the country, you're going to have to reach out to different shops and ask some questions. And because a lot of these components, albeit very simple, right? It's water pressure equipment, hydraulics, right? But they haven't been integrated together. So sometimes that's kind of the, the hurdle is finding someone that can kind of take care of these problems, even though it's not something that they've seen in the way they've seen before. That's a question I get a lot as a sales rep. Okay. I'm in Kansas. There's a problem. What happened? So we of course tell them you're going to give our shop a call. We're going to help you troubleshoot. And I think the part that people don't realize, it's not just, okay, send them to a shop. You call these shops to make sure they're reputable, they know what they're doing. And also it's a way to help our clients because you know what, we run a shop. Sometimes people walk in there, they don't know what they're talking about. And some shops, unfortunately, take advantage of that. So maybe when they have that issue, David, what do you do to other shops, to warranty places to make sure, okay, this is the right fit for someone to bring our system to? Yeah. So and wholeheartedly, like you said, most shops are going to take advantage of, of people that don't know, right? And a lot of people, not everybody comes in and buys one of our units with a mechanical background, right? If they do, that's a bonus, but most of them don't. That being said, when you walk into even a car shop for your vehicle, you know, you're going to say, oh, the check engine light's going on, uh, is on. I don't know what to do. And they can, they can give you any version of any story to get any money out of you, really. Uh, so for the most part, I try to help them out to where to be honest with you, a lot of our, our calls are things that are simple. It's just a lot of our clients get stressed out in the moment. It happens in front of someone's house. So I'll try to kind of work them through it. Most of the times are things that we can handle over the phone. But in the times that we have to go to a shop, the biggest thing I want to do is kind of get an idea of what's going on, reach out to the shop, and then educate the client on how to talk to that shop. If you know you have a heater issue, for instance, you don't just want to walk in and say, this thing's on fire. I don't know what's going on. You know, then you're going to have someone say, oh man, I can, I can hit them up with an igniter or some an insulation or a coil cleaning. And, and they kind of just, you know, like any other shop, they're, they're going to take advantage of the situation. So the biggest thing is coach them through the verbiage. What are they going to say so that they give that shop the impression they know what's going on. Therefore, they're less likely to get taken advantage of. I'll also speak to the shop beforehand, let them know what's going on, what I think it could be. And that also minimizes the shop hour rates of these shops, you know, if you go into a shop, they don't know what's going on. Now the clock starts and just troubleshooting a simple thing could be a three hour shop rate, which is expensive at a lot of places. I mean, it ranges anywhere from $100 to $225 an hour. So for the most part, I try to educate our client, let the shop know what's going on so that I could at least minimize that cost. And the other thing we do is too, is if I know that that part is something that that shop is going to have a high markup on, I'll try to ship it out beforehand so that if that shop isn't available for the next two, three days to look at that unit, I know that at least the customer will have the part that's most likely the problem. And they're also able to save money there. Um, so that's about as much as I try to do. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of the things on these trucks and trailers can be handled with a phone call and two crescent wrenches. 
And that's the beauty of, of pressure washing equipment. Now, once it delves into the heater issues and, and it goes into more of the electrically, you know, sounded backgrounds, you know, most people, I'd rather be looked at by a professional. Absolutely, David. And for you, something I know I've heard you say countless times in the shop to people that come in, even if they're just buying a pressure washer from us, not necessarily a trash bin cleaning system, it's that this is a machine. Machines require maintenance. Machines have issues at times. How do you think people can kind of change that moment of, oh my gosh, because like you said, it's in front of a house or you have a big day tomorrow, you're stressed, understanding that things are going to happen. It's how we respond to them. And also that's why we provide spare parts in some cases. And that's something I know I've heard you talk to clients about. Make sure you always have those on hand. On, in addition to those, what other ones do you think people should be aware of when they're out on a route, on the field, getting ready for a big job? So for the most part, I don't think there's, you can't really prepare someone to handle the situation um, any better, right? I think we're all different as people. You know, some of us are more laid back. Some of us are more worry warts and, and some of us are just more anxious, right? And it's, it's hard to kind of overcome that and say, you know what, things are going to happen. Let me take a, a breath and, and kind of collect myself and see how to move forward, right? Uh, no one wants to call their clients and reschedule, right? That's something that is, it, it feels like it's the end all, right? But we've all been there. We've all had to do it. I mean, I remember when, when your dad was out on the road, there was times where he had to cancel. I mean, no one wants to do it, but it's a, it's inevitable, right? It is equipment. Uh, and as much as we can do our best to put the best of the best on there, things are going to happen, um, especially with pressure washing equipment, right? We're, we're, we're working with water, right? That's our main product is water. And water quality varies. And no matter how good the water is, there's minerals in the water. And most municipalities actually treat the water with chemicals. So no matter what you can do to, to kind of avoid issues, issues are going to happen. And I think that the best thing you can do is kind of say, well, when those things happen, take a breath, make a phone call. I can get you out of it for the most part. And we may have to lose a day and, and, and get it into a shop. Um, that being said, the spare parts bucket covers a lot of the, like, the little miscellaneous things, the small things that could happen in a moment that you could save a trip to a shop for, right? You've got an extra ball valve. You've got an extra gauge an extra set of hoses, some O-rings. And, um, and now we're starting to include now the pressure switch. Um, you know, we try to give you as much as possible to kind of keep going, right? Before I would get a lot of calls. And even now, every once in a while, you'll get the, the phone call. By, David, I've run a, a leak on my hose that goes from whether it's the unloader to the heater, or the heater to the manifold or manifold to the head. And that would shut them down. Where if you had two crescent wrenches, and 15 minutes, you can go back to your spare parts bucket, which I say this rolling my eyes a bit. No one, for some reason, keeps it in the truck. It's always something that they've got at the shop or at the house, and it's very important. You don't have to keep it in the bucket we give you, but if you can kind of condense it down and keep it in the cab of the truck, it's going to save you a, a ton of time, and that means money. So for the most part, keep it in the truck, um, but a lot of those items are there. Um, aside for the heater stuff, the components in the heater, those are the things we want professionals to look at. And even then you can limp along, right? Um, you, you know, how many times do we hear our clients say, well, they've got one heater that took out on a PTO truck. Well, you've got another heater. You can kind of offset and just use one side uh, head and that heat and, and kind of get by the day. So for the most part, I will say, keep the spare parts bucket in the truck, keep it with you. Um, and as far as anything that you'd like to add, I think that a lot of times, you know, people are starting this business off and they're on a budget, right? You know, and that's why they're worried so much when these things happen. But I think that when you get past that point where you're, you're actually profitable and you could actually invest into the business, I think that the most important things to keep as a backup 
are, you know, if you could have a spinning head as a backup, even if it's not the latest and greatest, even if it's the original 049 head or, or even a hydraulic pump on a shelf somewhere, those two items are, are I think that once you get to that point on your budget are, are, are important as all the way home. It's just, it's needed, right? I mean, you can have a small check valve go out in your pump and just waiting for that check valve to come in, swapped out, you know, it'll take up a day. But if you've got that pump on the shelf and you could just unmount it, remount it and be on the road in the next hour and then repair the one that had the issue and keep that one on the shelf and always have one revolving, you're never going to lose a day for hydraulic related issues. Um, as far as the equipment itself, you got a lot of what you already need, right? Things are going to wear out on the pump, but you can kind of limp along unless it was a check valve kit. Um, a seal kit, you know, that kind of wears down over time and you'll see that on your gauge, you know, you'll see a loss of about a hundred pounds every so often. And that'll give you a warning sign that the seals are already worn on the head, on the pump. And again, based on water quality, it could happen in five minutes from running the unit with the valve closed, or it could happen at eight months from just bad water, or it could happen at 16, 18 months with great water. But that's something you can kind of always get at a shop and it's not too expensive. Uh, but definitely, if you could build up a, a an inventory of a spare head and a hydraulic pump, I think that's that's already a good start. Once again, here inside of Trash Chatter, Victoria Conway, alongside David Sanchez, who is a shop manager at Sparkling Bins, discussing maintenance, parts breaking down, how to recover from that. And David, another question I wanted to ask you on this week's episode, you get a lot of calls. And sometimes those calls are from clients who bought off the secondary market. They bought one of our systems used. And we do have a philosophy where we still assist those people, although we've never had any relation to them. You know, maybe they couldn't wait for a system. They just needed to get started right there. It worked out conveniently for them. Why is that important to you to still help somebody that, although obviously it's our system, it's not like we have that business relationship with them or that agreement in place that we would assist, which is something, of course, we offer with all of our first-time buyers. Well, honestly, it's it's not just a phrase that, that's been said by either, you know, your dad or yourself or, or anybody associated with this. I think that the most important thing here is we want this to be something that's a standard service. We want this to grow. Um, I think growth is good for anybody, whether it's us uh, or whoever it may be. And that it, and that being said, I want to make sure anyone could have the help they can, right? Because even if that truck wasn't sold directly to them and sold prior, um, I want them to have that help. I mean... I, have, I actually get a lot of calls from people that have bought our competitors' units, and and, I'll, and I won't ever stray away from that because at the end of the day, this is someone that they saved up their hard-earned money. They got into this industry because they felt just as passionately about it as once your father did, and and it's important for me to say, well, you're going to get that help, you know, because it is overwhelming, especially when you buy used equipment, whether it's from anyone. And I don't know if our if anybody else does this, but we offer a training, right? And when that truck, if it didn't work out for that person, gets sold to someone else, they didn't get that training. They just got handed the keys and said, hey, good luck. And I want them to know that they still have someone they can reach out to and, and we're still going to help you out. I think it's important. Um, I kind of mentioned that a lot of calls, I get some calls from people that have gotten our competitors' units. And for the most part, other than quality and stuff, they, they do use the same components, right? We use pressure washing equipment, right? It doesn't matter the brand. It doesn't matter how it's structured. It's, it's pretty much, it's essentially the same. Um, that being said, it's easy to do. Why not? You know? No, absolutely. And I know a lot of people that haven't bought from us, bought used, always do appreciate that. And I think that just helps them grow. And, you know, our goal is that they do well enough that they can continue succeeding. That's the same, I think, approach that you take that my dad takes where it comes from parts. 
I know a lot of people, if they were inside of our office, they don't understand sometimes. We just send things out sometimes and we worry about payment later. Sometimes we don't even collect it if we're being honest. It's something where we're so focused on that customer getting back up and running. And I know that's something you've also implemented. I know, obviously, I, I live in the same house as my father. I know that's his You know, customer always comes first no matter what. And that's something I hear you, you on the phone, whether that's taking a call on a Saturday, taking a call at eight when you're hanging out with your son. Where do you think you got that customer service base and why is it important to you to carry that on for everyone? I think it's something that, you know, for the most part, you can kind of be nurtured into that type of atmosphere and you can kind of be aware of it and and and, and be conscious of it, right? I mean, look, you, you want to be able to say that you've created a positive influence to anybody, right? And at the end of the day, you have to be understanding of, People put a lot on the line to kind of do this kind of stuff and, and put yourself in their position. Do you want someone to pick up the phone and help you or do you want someone to say, hey, good luck. I, I just don't have the time. And I don't think we could ever do that. Um, it's not something that comes naturally to me. I know that. And you're right. There are a lot of times where we kind of go off on a limb and send things out blindly. But for the most part, we've only been bitten uh, just a handful of times. And when you can say that there's 40 to 50 things getting shipped out on a daily basis, that's not bad, right? And when you see that, well, you can say, well, it's still worth it, right? We don't really have a markup on a, a lot of the products we sell to our clients. So it could hurt, right? If someone doesn't respond and, and actually square up. But for the most part, everyone knows this is a family. You know, there's been times where people could say, hey, David, I just don't have the funds for it. Can we set up a payment plan? And, and your dad's done that many times, you know? And it's not something that, you know, do we feel excited about that part of it? No, but at the end of the day, we don't want you to have a reason to not be successful. And we know you're going to be good for it because I think that goes back into the, there's just that type of philosophy. If someone's taking care of you, you take care of them. And so for the most part, we haven't had a lesson that's cost us dearly. We've had people kind of take advantage of things. Yeah, that happens. Uh, but we don't get lost in that. We want to make sure that that person can get going. And we know that ultimately we have faith that they'll they'll come back around and and, and take care of it. So it's, it's been worth it for the most part. And in the long run, I think that we're, we're always going to do that, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, a lot of people talk to you, they talk to me, they talk to my dad, but they don't really get to see, you know, the guys that are actually building these things and spending their overtime and spending their time away from their family, helping us get rigs out in pinches and just trying to get things done. Um, maybe talk a little bit about behind the scenes, the crew that you have. And I mean, some of our mechanics who just, you don't find those types of people all the time, you know, similar to you. And I know all of us are very appreciative of how much they care. And we've even had clients come in for training and say, you know, you could just tell from walking through your shop what good people you have outside of obviously their skill set and what they bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, um, you know, the of the crew we've got assembled, it took us it, it wasn't something that came kind of came together overnight. It definitely takes time to put together a crew that that cares and and actually can put in the type of effort and and passion into something and and we've been blessed you know um after about the first two three years that I've been involved, we kind of had you know you weed through some guys out and not to say that they weren't great it's just you know some people are just in it for the time you know uh but we've got a hell of a crew with us now you know between albert and and Ralph and Rancel and Fernando and Antonio I mean these guys, they don't stop. I mean, it's it's all day, every day. Um, and you could see it in, in the same way you said that some clients will come in for training. I mean, Albert's someone that has a very broken accent, but I mean, he'll go out there and have a full-blown conversation with these guys and help them out with anything they can. And and sometimes when my phone doesn't stop, I, I rely on Ralph a lot, who, who's been very knowledgeable. And he's, he, he's been a mechanic for 10 years, and, and Albert's been a mechanic for 25 years. 
Antonio 20 years. So, I mean, in combined years experience, we're over 120 years of just mechanical experience. And it ranges in everything. You know, we've got guys that are electrically sound, guys that are hydraulically sound. So, I mean, they're they're just as important, if not more important than than any of us. And 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 that says a lot about that. I think that it didn't happen overnight, but I'm definitely glad it did take the time it took because we've just got that many guys that that are part of the family as much as, you know, we've all become family to one another. No, it's it's awesome walking through there and like you can just sense that everyone is genuinely happy to be at work and you know and they get excited when they how many trucks we got to do how many trailers like even them i think albert especially who's been with us since the get-go really seeing the progression of hey 20 30 rigs to 120 150 which which is rewarding in its own right and that also contributes to how we're able to evolve i know maybe my dad sometimes wants to run at a faster pace than possible but you and albert go along with him for that um in particular i think one of our greatest successes um, that you and Albert had a big hand in was our PTO system and how that's completely transformed how we're able to operate, how we're able to get through cleanings. And you obviously were there for the origin of it. So hopefully you can provide some insight. And with your background as well, the comparisons between a Honda, which we love Honda engines, that's what we sell, but also then now just having a simplified system. Yeah, I mean, um, for years, we've kind of always relied on skids, right? You know, Honda engine, you know, general pump, which we still use. And, and it's been great. It's a great system. I mean, there's a reason it's been around for a long time. It's because it's solid. It works. Um, but it, it limits your growth, right? I mean, if we got used to always building the same type of truck and getting the same type of performance out of it with the same type of capacity, uh, how can you make anything more efficient? Um, I mean, to your point, I've heard you say it a ton of times, right? PTOs have been around forever, which that's a reality of it. They have. They've been used in so many different ways, whether it's aircraft fueling trucks, which is how I was always familiar with them or farming equipment or what have you, it's been there. It's just not something that was easily applied, right? It took us a bit to get to it. Um, I know that the very first inception of it was hydraulically. And, and if you get into that aspect of it, it's ungodly expensive and, 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 and not really something that's feasible for an end user to, to kind of replicate and, and repair. You're going to say that, you know, hydraulically driving, it can cost you anywhere from six to $7,000 to just replace a hydraulic motor you know, and that, that's tough. So we wanted to develop it in a way where it's something simple. Um, you know, we're going to go pulleys and shafts mechanically drive, driven. And even then that took some growing pains, right? I think the, we had a couple issues with the first, you know, units and we kind of grew from that. And, and we also wanted to make sure that those people had those issues. We kind of would cover the cost of retrofitting it and saying, Hey, look guys, I know that we kind of put these units out. We had good results in the first couple months, but in, in the, second or third season of it we'd have a, a shaft split or break and and things are things like that can happen but we've improved it to where it's now minimal right now we're instead of running a shaft on the top of the deck where we've got one belt driving two separate shafts where you can have two failures we've now simplified it in having a pulley on each pump running two belts off of a single shaft on the bottom of the truck that's proven to be the most reliable setup and it's the most bulletproof and we've tried our best to retrofit the trucks that were built differently before that and we've done a good job at that um and there's ways that we can kind of grow with it too and i think that that those are some of the things we covered at the convention and there's things that we're trying to kind of grow into and see how they can work out we kind of are still working out on some of the kinks you know and and, and there are still some concerns but there's you know concerns that are going to be anywhere right i mean that's how you kind of get past things and, and make things better is you're going to see these concerns and how you address them and improve them um our current pto setup uh I think it's great. I think it's a, it's pretty bulletproof. 
Um, I do acknowledge that we had some of those issues with those smaller uh, units that were the first couple. And like I said, we retrofitted them. They've been doing well. But it's just the easiest way to say that we can run both bins at the same time. Now, it takes a little bit more time to put together. There's obviously a higher cost in it. But I think that overall, the efficiency pays for itself. I mean, not just increasing the capacity of water, but increasing your time of doing something is, is huge, right? I mean, having a single skid and a single pump and, and getting through 80 or 120 bins was an 8, 9, 10-hour day. I mean, you could probably knock that out in about six hours. And, and that's huge. But between lunch breaks and time for your labor, that's a cost savings alone. Um, also, a Honda engine, as great as it is, it still takes some maintenance. Not to say that the PTO system doesn't, because it will. There's pillow bearings that need to be greased. You know, it's also good to get under the truck and make sure things are aligned. It's also good to be conscious of the wear on your unloaders, which were usually the problems you would have on a PTO system is when you have an, un an unloader problem. Sometimes people forget, you know, leaks create problems for your unloader. And I've had customers that have had an issue with their PTO system because of a bad unloader. And their response is, well, I saw nothing wrong except there was a leak for about three weeks. Well, whenever there's a leak, that leak now is causing that unloader to work overtime. And that, that extra effort from that unloader is now going to cause it to fail sooner than when it should. And therefore, when that fails, it locks up the pump and creates some sort of friction. Now, now, you, have that, now you have a PTO system fighting a pump that's locked up because of a bad unloader. And those are things that I think, you know, and I, and I hate to say this, but when, when people have failures, I like them to know that there's a good thing to this is that you're now aware of something to look out for, right? You learn from these issues. And I think that's the most important part to tell someone going back to how you can have someone know how to handle the situation better is to say that at the very least, no matter how bad this moment is right now, there's a learning or a lesson to be learned and something more that you're aware of. Now there's, no, now there's another aspect of the truck that you know. So for anyone coming into this business and buying a truck who has some sort of corporate background, who had no idea of, uh, or no mechanical background, they're now going to say, well, now I know to look under my truck and make sure my, my pillow bearings are greased, my pulleys lined up, my belt's tight. And, and so in that regard, there's always a benefit, you know? No, absolutely. And I think, you know, definitely have to credit our clients for being patient as we were looking at ways to evolve. And I think that's what's neat about our clients, especially the ones that are growing. They want more improved systems. They want efficiency and they understand, okay, with that comes trial and error. And our team, you know, stuck through it and definitely made it to a point where um, I know most of our clients that run both models 100% prefer the PTO. So that's what's exciting and more things to come in the next year as we work through testing. I know people call me all the time, like, when's that going to be ready? And it's, you know, we want to make sure it's in a place where we're comfortable putting it out there, putting it in our route first. And we appreciate the patience you all have during that because we're excited for it too, but want to make sure we get it properly tested and evolved. Once again, here with David Sanchez, shop manager at Sparkling Bins. David, for you, I know there's been thousands of calls you've taken. Do you have any that are memorable or stand out the most? Or what's your typical scenario you feel like you get most often from clients when they call you with a problem? I think the most memorable is maybe a, a call from someone in Minnesota, but I won't mention any names. But as far as like the fun stuff, I mean, it's always it's always interesting to have people kind of get nervous and call you and say, David, my hot end is not turning on. And, and the favorite part is saying, did you check if you've got water? You know, right? it's funny. It's one of those things where like that you'll get a call back saying, yeah, I fixed it. It, it was uh, it was something else, you know, because I mean, and I tell people, look, you can't be uh, embarrassed or anything like that. You know, sometimes in those moments, because of our stress, the simplest thing is easy to overlook, you know. Everyone just assumes, well, I filled my water tank. I've only done 60, 80 bins. But, you know, you may have done a sidewalk in between and not realize you use more water than usual. 
Um, but for the most part, it, it's hard to say they're memorable because there's so so many clients and there's so many different little things that could happen, whether it's a check valve on a, on a hydraulic pump or, you know, seals going bad on the water pump or, you know, a pin that's sheared on something on the lifter, you know. It's hard to make it memorable, um, especially with my memory, being that there's so many things in a day. But, but for the most part, I think, you know, it's nice to see that a lot of the people are very appreciative. And that's always nice to see, too. You know, um, there's times where people aren't going to be that way. They're stressed out and, and they just need the help. And that's fine. We're here for that. Uh, but it has been interesting to see how how some of these things have evolved. I mean, I remember clients that come in for training and you'd look at them. And, and of course, you never say it, but you look at them and go, wow. I hope they know a mechanic in their family, you know, and then for a year later, you see them changing an unloader in the parking lot of a Walmart in 25 minutes, you know, with a phone call. And I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like a proud parent moment, you know, you look at them going, wow, you know, you came in buttoned down the shirt, came from an office and, and you got your hands dirty and you got your truck up and running in 20, 30 minutes and you were back at it. So it's, it's, that's the coolest part is seeing someone that maybe you didn't expect turn out to, to grow and, and, and handle their situation, you know, like an all-star. So that's cool. Absolutely. Well, David, thank you so much for taking some time today to join us on the season two finale of Trash Chatter. I know me, my parents, uh, we're a big family and you're a part of that as well. You treat this company like it's your own. That's what I always tell people about David when they ask. And I think all of the reviews, all of the Facebook posts praising David, we've had some clients say they want to name their child after you. So I don't know if there's a higher compliment than that, but I know I appreciate everything you do. So do my parents and it's something that it's crazy, but it's kind of our crazy mess. So I am lucky that we have you and thank you for taking some time. I know camera time isn't your number one go-to. You're more so I'll stay behind the scenes on the phone, but appreciate you joining us today and appreciate everything you do for us. No, thank you, Vic. You guys are the best and uh, love you, kiddo. <laughs> love you, Dave. Thanks again. Once again, tuned in to Trash Chatter bi-weekly. It's going to be every two weeks we'll have a new episode basically two episodes a month, new guests, shop managers, insurance agents, clients who have several trucks in their fleet. If you call into our office, visit us online and say that you listen to Trash Chatter, we'll send you out a free hat, the one I have on. We'll also drop a picture of it. So tune in every other week to get an episode of Trash Chatter to learn more about a growing industry. Once again, David Sanchez. Thanks, Vic.